0: Malachi chapter 3, verse 9. Sorry, verse 8 says this. Begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. And you ask, God, how have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering. That's how. And now you're under a curse. The whole lot of you because you're robbing me. Now this, again, this is in the Old Testament before Jesus. If you're a believer in Jesus, our theology is that you cannot get cursed again because Jesus became a curse for you, so you can never get cursed again. Is anybody thankful that the curse has been reversed because of the blood of Jesus? Somebody say amen in the chat. By the way, in the chats, I want to know where you're streaming in from. Just tell us real fast. Where are you joining us for church? Maybe you're coming from Virginia. We got people that call Zoe home from Virginia, people from Rhode Island, people from Texas, people from Wyoming. That's right. We got Cody Wyoming in the house. We've got people in Seattle area. We've got people all over Los Angeles. Come on, clap right now in the chats and in the MC for everybody joining us for church. He says, bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so that there will be ample provision in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. This is not a cliche tagline that our creative team came up with and was like, oh, you're going to be, let's call it blessed beyond our wildest dreams. No, God himself said, test me. In fact, tithing is a two-way test. It tests my faith and my trust and my obedience to God's word. And it tests God's character. Is God going to be true to his word? So I I just want to make sure we're all, Zoe, we're all on the same page. Why would God want us to tithe? Like if you ask that question, why why does God want us to tithe? Most people, most uh, Christians would think, you grew up in church, most people would think God wants me to tithe to fund his work. That is not the reason why God wants you to tithe. Are you, are you, are you trying to tell me that the guy that told the sun to get up this morning needs your funding? You tell me the guy that hung the stars last night needs your help. He doesn't need nobody's help. Okay. The earth is the Lord's and all that is within it. Okay. Just a heads up. He owns the cattle On a thousand hills. God does not need my money and he does not need your money. God wants you, not your money. And he knows that your heart follows your money. So if you put your money somewhere, your heart is going to follow. So God says, I actually want your heart. I don't need your money. But because the way I've wired you as a human, I know that wherever your resource is, your heart is attached. So I'm going to ask you to give 10%. Whether you make 3000 30000 or 300000 it's 10% for everybody. And if you do this, you tithe. You give the first and the best to God. You will be free from the love of money. I will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. I will not just bless your finances. I will bless your life. I don't know about you. I'm 41. I've got four chest hair now. I don't know. The older I get, the more I'm like, sweet Jesus, I need my life to be blessed, not my money to be blessed. Anybody? Am I preaching to anybody today? I want my whole God saying, I'll bless you beyond your wildest dreams dreams. So if you're going to walk in this kind of life, if you're here today and you're like, you know what? I want to be blessed and I want to be blessed beyond my wildest dreams. God will bless you so much. It will not be fiduciary. It will not be according to finances. It won't be any coin called bit or anything else. Shout out to Miami and the convention that's going on right now. Deutsche coin, Bitcoin, regular dollar bills, Peso, it does not matter to God. That's right, I threw out pesos, I'm half Mexican. It's not about money. It's all about Jesus. Sisters, when I give my tithe, I make my life all about Jesus. I say to God, you're my source, not me. You're my Lord, not money. And when you walk in this lifestyle, you need to know this. Giving is a lifestyle. It's not a one-time event. People might wonder, like, well, how often, you know, at Zoe, do you guys do the giving talk? You know, at Zoe, how often do you do the, the, the whole giving talk? I talk about giving every Sunday. If you think about it, you can't talk about any subject in your life without talking about giving. If we're talking about marriage, we're talking about giving. Because you can't have a great marriage without two givers. If we're talking about forgiveness, we're talking about giving because it's about giving grace and giving forgiveness we're talking about faith we're talking about giving because we're talking about giving trust and giving belief to god you can't talk about the gospel without talking about giving god doesn't want you to give in one area of your life he wants you to give in every area of your life in other words write this down the kingdom of god is all about giving Everything about this kingdom is about giving. Everything about this kingdom is about sowing. Everything about this kingdom is about just sharing, loving, blessing, serving, helping, being generous. None of it's about hoarding. None of it's about monetizing. None of it's about gain. It's all about losing. It's all about sowing. The kingdom of God is all about giving. In fact, I want you to write down the title of this week's message. We're going to end this series with this one. Write down the title. It's called "You Ain't Living If You Ain't Giving." You just—I'm I'm t- convinced—you ain't living till you start giving. When you start giving, woo! Buckle up, baby. Now, now you're really living. But real life is not found in, in gaining. In like fact, Jesus said about your life: You want to gain your life, lose your life. You cannot live a great life and not give. It's in fact, you are most like God when you give. John 3 16, for God so loved the world that He, he, didn't, he didn't hoard. He didn't try and attract. No, he sowed. And I just believe that God has called you to a, live a lifestyle of giving. Let me give you four things to write down. If you're going to walk in this lifestyle, here's the things that you're going to need. Write down number one, live like a steward. In fact, I would further the thought and say, live like a steward, not like an owner. I just want to just remind you, you are not the owner of anything you have. It all belongs to God. Everything in your possession is not yours. Your, your life is not yours. Your money is not yours. Your house is not yours. Your your friend your family's not yours. It all belongs to God. The one thing I have realized is my wife belongs to God. My kids belong to God. Thank you, Jesus. My my house is God's. My car. Is, I'm just a steward. I'm not an owner. And you listen, whatever you refuse to let go, you're going to eventually lose. You got to hold all of life just like this. This is not mine. This belongs to somebody else. And you ever notice how you get real careful with things that aren't yours? Like when it's not yours, you're like you real you mad careful. Recently we were we we're staying at a friend's house. This guy is so benevolent. He let us use his he made us a key to his his extra home. This is how generous my friend is. So years ago, he made us a key. So we, we 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 go there. We we have a great vacation there. And so recently, we were there. We're having a great time as a family. And I go to hit the garage door, and it won't. Nothing will happen. So immediately, I blame one of my children. Come here. Oh, y'all come here. What did you do? The button doesn't work. What did you touch? So we go around. We try and fix the problem. I go to the breakers because nothing will happen. So I. When I say I went to the breakers, I sent Julia to the breakers. She solves problems. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to talk. She knows how to solve problems. So she does the breaker thing. It won't work. I try and take it off the thing. This is hilarious. I'm the handyman in this situation. So I'm trying to fix the... Finally, I have to tell my friend after trying every... I even called a company to try and come and fix the problem, and they were not available. Finally, I have to tell my friend, and I hope to God my children did not break it, that, that, that the garage door will not work. Now, I just want to tell you, if this was my house, I would have been relaxed. I would have been fine. Ah, we'll fix it. I'll call Peter. He'll fix it. But I knew when this is somebody else's, there's, there's a trepidation. There's a responsibility. Listen, your money does not belong to you. Your life is not, your body is not even yours. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've got to get out of an owner mentality, and you've got to get into a stewardship mentality. When you get into a stewardship mentality, you go, none of this is mine. All of this belongs to Jesus. One of my favorite stories is in Matthew chapter 25. And Jesus tells a story, but we call it the parable of the talents. And he gives, he gives to one guy five, gives to another guy two, gives to another guy a talent. Now a talent in these days Historically speaking, this context would be like uh, 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 600 denarii. Now you got to translate what a denarii is. A denarii would be like a day's wage, a day's earnings. So 600 paychecks is in one talent. 600 day, two years worth of of payroll in this one coin so he gives to one five of these things to one two of these things and to another just one but still 600 and so the guy that has five turns it into ten he doubles it the guy that gets two turns it into four he doubles it and the guy that has one he just didn't do anything with it when the collector comes back he the guy that turned from five to ten the guy looks at him and says wow great job he actually says these words well done, thy good and thy faithful servant, with whom I am well pleased. He says the same thing to the guy that turned two into four. When he comes to the guy with one that sat on it, he said, Watch, just read with me. Watch what he says here, Matthew 25. But his master said to him, You are an untrustworthy and lazy servant. If you knew I was a shrewd and ruthless businessman who always makes a profit, why didn't you deposit my money into the bank? Then I would have received it all back with interest when I returned. But because you were unfaithful, I will take the 1,000 gold coins and give them to the one who has 10,000. For the one who has will be given more until he overflows with, oh, come on, somebody, abundance. And the one with hardly anything, even what little he has, will be taken from him. The point of the story is Jesus is saying, don't you think for one second, I'm not watching your stewardship. And if you can't steward well what you already have, I will take it away from you and give it to somebody that will steward it well. Your kids are stewardship from God. Your marriage is a stewardship from God. Your life and your influence is all stewardship. Everything in your life, God is watching. And I don't know about you, but I want to take my five that I got and turn it into ten. I want to take my two that I have and turn it into four. I don't want to sit on the gifts and the talents God's given me. I don't want to sit on the resources that God's given me. I don't want to sit on the time that God's given me. he return and say, really? That's how you... St- oh, so you just break garage doors. No. God's watching your stewardship. In fact, put it there on the lower third. Watch this definition of stewardship. Utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. Managing everything in your possession for the betterment of God's kingdom and God's creation. Let me ask you, are you a good steward? Would God come to your house today and say, I'm proud of the way you've been stewarding your life, proud of the way you stewarded your finances. When you live like a steward and not like an owner, there's a fear and a trepidation that realizes none of this belongs to me. It all belongs to God. How could I not be benevolent? How could I not be generous when I am just a steward, not an owner? And when I'm a steward, I want to take such careful care of it that I actually want to multiply it. In fact, write down number two today. You need to live like a giver. That's how you become a good steward. When you, when you really want to become a good steward, you live like a giver. I just, listen, you ain't living till you start What? Till you start giving. Say louder, MC. You ain't living till you start yeah. giving. When you give, when you, when you start living in that lifestyle of generosity, tithes, and offerings, I'm, I'm just telling you, the world of the giver, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. But I'm telling you, when you start giving, you realize that some of you, your biggest problem is God can't bless you because he has nothing to work with. God cannot use what you refuse to sow. He can't use what you refuse to offer. Soon as you put it in God's hand, boom, miracle. Soon as you put it in God's God's hands, it's like, whoa, something takes off. But some of us got to realize God can't move until you move. Somebody like, I'm waiting on God. And God's like, I'm waiting on you. <laughs> God can't do anything until you put it into his hands. Now, I love this story in the story in the in the gospels about the feeding of the 5000. Just just recap. If you've never heard this story, this is an unbelievable story in the Bible. Jesus starts preaching one day. He starts like in the 930 service. He goes through the 1130 service. He just adds a 130 service. Oh, there's a 330 and a 5. He preaches all day long. At first, the disciples are like, Jesus, you preaching heat. Emoji, emoji, emoji. Dang, put it on the story. After a while, everybody's like, you think he's ever going to stop? He goes all the way into the evening, and as he gets to the evening, the disciples are like, how do we get this guy to stop? It's fire. No, don't get me wrong, but Jesus, everybody's getting hangry, and there is a difference between being hungry and hangry. Can they get an amen? amen. I know when Julia, get, when Julia crosses over from hungry to hangry, <laughs> buckle up, sweetheart. It's a 911. It's a 911. Find me a Chick-fil-A. Get on the app. It doesn't matter. Drive through. We just, we're going to feed that girl because she's hangry. I, I'm perfection. I don't get hangry. I'm kidding. Come on. Everybody gets hangry. So the crowd's getting hangry. So the disciples come to Jesus, and they try to act like all spiritual, and they're like, Jesus, has been amazing. Don't you think that they look like they, they need some food, man, you, we got to let these guys go. There's a Chevy's, an Applebee's. I see an Outback Steakhouse. You get it, blooming Onion. Let, let, Jesus, let's get, let them go. See a Bahama Breeze down the corner. And, 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 and as, he, as they say this, Jesus looks at the guys. I love when Jesus turns things around. He's like, don't send them to Bahama Breeze. You give them something to eat. And they're like, oh, excuse me. Now, this is amazing because there's 5,000 men. The scriptures say there's 5,000 men plus women and the children. Most theologians believe there would have been over 50,000 people in the crowd. And Jesus looks at the disciples and say, you give them something to eat. And watch the disciples reply to Jesus. Listen to this in the scriptures, Matthew 14 look at verse 16, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Then they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. I like this kind of attitude. Jesus, we only have five loaves and two fish. I can just hear the, wh- the, the, the complaining and the whining come through the scriptures. We only have, you ever complain to God? You ever go like, God, all I've got is bread and fish. I, I, i'm having so much fun on this stool this is really fun this 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 is the vibe of the disciples all we have is some fish and bread yeah this is how my kids talk so i just i'm familiar with the whining he said they say to jesus the, the, we only have five loaves and two fish he said to them bring them here to me Then he commanded them to sit, the multitudes, sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. If you keep reading, there were 12 baskets of leftovers. 50,000 men, women, children, all ate. And there was leftovers. But listen, listen. The miracle can never take place until you offer to God what you Have stop complaining to God about what you don't have start giving to God what you do have Come on in your house right now. Just thank God I can give I've got something to offer Reminds me in 2 Kings 4 when there's a widow that comes to Elijah, and, and her husband has died, and a collector's coming to get her two sons, and she comes to her pastor Elijah, and she's like, Pastor, no, I don't have anything, and they're going to take my kids, and she's got that complaining spirit, and Elijah looks at her and says, well, what do you have? Same question Jesus asked the disciples, what do you have? And the the widow says, all I've got is some some oil. You, You see that same spirit is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I only got, stop saying to God, I've only got this much time. I've only got one talent. I've only got one opportunity. I only got, no, 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 no you got to look at the possibility. Give to God. Offer to God what you do have. You say, God, this is my best. It may not be what others have, but I've got what I have. I've got two loaves of bread. I've got a few fish. And when I offer it to God, he can receive it. He can look to heaven, break it, and bless it. Come on. Thank God today. God can take my offering and perform a miracle. Let me ask you a question today. If God multiplied your bank account today, would you be okay with it? Raise your hand in your house. Raise your hand in the MC. If God multiplied. See, look, when you work, you can bring addition. But when God works, he can bring multiplication. And if God can do this with fish and bread, God can do this with your business. God can do this with your career. God can do this with your life. God can do this with your family. you gotta, you got to operate like a giver. We live to give. We get up in the morning. Who can I give forgiveness to? Who can I give encouragement to? Who can I give finances to? Who, I'm not looking to give one way. I'm looking to sow and give. The Bible says that the generous scheme ways of being generous. generous. They're looking for ways. They're looking for avenues. Stop pigeonholing yourself They're say, oh my got. So That's all How you doing? What do you got? This is where I'm at. COVID, COVID creased me. I would have been, you know, before COVID, we were doing great. I mean, now look at it. Now all we got is fish and bread. It's like, God's saying, no, no, no. Do you realize that in your hands, all you have is fish and bread? But when you put that in my hands, you're not a miracle worker. You don't have the power and the potential to multiply. I have the whole world in the palm of my hands. I can feed 5,000 men, women and children with leftovers if you give it to me. Offer to God your best. Offer to God your life don't just be a steward. Watch out. I'm just stewarding. No, no, no. Give, sow, love, and watch God work wonders in your life. Come on, clap if you believe it today. This is a lifestyle of generosity. In fact, here's what's going to require of you. Write down number three. You got to trust God. At the end of the day, you got to believe God is God and you are not. Look at two scriptures. This is what you got to trust. Two scriptures. I love these two. Look at Deuteronomy 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Just heads up. God's not a liar. That's why God's like, test me. Try me in this thing. See if I'm a liar. The other day, my son was like, "Um, mom told me that I could have a sucker. I said, are you sure about what you're saying to me? Because I'm going to go ask your mama, and if you're lying, you're going to get a consequence. Are you sure? My three-year-old's like, are you sure? Because if you're lying, you're going to get a consequence. Grab my hand. Walk over to his mom. Mom, did you say that this young man of God could have a sucker? No, I did not say that. Are you lying to me? (laughs) God is not a liar. God does not say test me to trick you. He's not cruel. He's not mean-spirited. He's not trying to get your money. He wants you. He wants relationship. He wants you to stay free from the love of money. He wants to open up the windows of heaven. I feel like clapping right now a little bit louder because I feel like somebody out of this series is going to start getting blessed beyond your wildest dreams. I'm talking about God is not a liar. He doesn't lie to you. Every word in this book is true. Every promise you can build your life upon. Everything God said you could go to the bank with. He's a healing God, a delivering God, a providing God, a faithful God, a compassionate God. I feel like getting off the stool, but they told me I can't. Look at Malachi 3.6. For I am the Lord. I do not change so god doesn't lie and god doesn't change god's not going yeah it's 2021 now culture's changed so i should adapt no, no no we don't adapt to culture we adapt to god god hasn't changed on his promises he hasn't changed on his precepts he hasn't changed on his ways his character is true his ways are true So you got to trust God. God's saying this. I'm going to obey it. If it's in the scriptures, if it's in the word, I'm building my life on that. The grass could wither. The flower could fade. But the word of the Lord will last forever. So I feel like just having some church right now. God's word is true. Trust God. God said, bring the tithe, bring the tithe. Don't, don't, by the way, don't give it to all these nonprofits. Don't don't spread out your tithe. No, bring it into the house of God. Bring it into the church of God. He didn't say give 3% here, break it up 4% there, and then eventually you got a full tithe. He said, no, bring 10% to me, to my house, for my purposes. Bring 10% and watch. If you are obedient, you trust me. If you trust me, I will throw open all of heaven itself to you, and I'll bless you beyond your wildest dreams some of you didn't get this far in your dreams i didn't get this far i when i was at the altar praying to god god used my life i didn't imagine zoe church i didn't dream up four kids i didn't dream up a beautiful wife who is a queen i didn't dream up this amazing thing that we're doing zoe church he will bless you beyond your wildest dreams if you trust God. So you got to be a good steward. You got to live like a giver. You got to trust God. And I want to end this whole series by telling our church, here's the most important part of all of it. You got to live thankful. You got to live like a thankful person. You know, just like I love what Pastor Robert was saying. If you missed last Sunday, you need to go back and watch Pastor Robert's message. The blessed life, everything we've been walking through, is really just things I've been learning from Pastor Robert for decades from the scriptures and from Pastor Robert's life. And I love what he said. We don't give to get. If you give to get, I want you to stop right now, I want you to change your whole mindset. We don't give our tithe so that our bank can be blessed. Could you imagine if God was like, man, I'm so grateful you tithe with that greedy spirit? You know what, that spirit that's like, I'm giving so I can get. No, 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 that's, God, God asks us to tithe to get greed out of us. We don't give so we can get. We give just to give. Got a phone call yesterday from someone in our church he's like, man, I've been loving this series. I've been listening. I I, I heard what you said about giving the first and my best. So I got paid. I gave my first and my best to God. And he said, right away, you would not believe how immediate this thing worked. God gave me this opportunity, this door opened. He started telling me two, three things that happened right away. And he goes, I believe it's because I didn't give so this stuff would happen. I just just gave the game. I I give so that God could know how thankful I am. God can know I'm, I'm, I'm j- at the end of the day, I'm grateful for, for the cross. I'm grateful for freedom. I'm grateful that you love me. One of my favorite things is Deuteronomy 15 when it says to give God a free will offering. Just, just read Deuteronomy 15, sorry, 16. Starting from the day you put the sickle to the ripe grain. Count out seven weeks. So seven weeks later, celebrate the feast of the weeks to God, your God, by bringing your free will offering. Give as generously as God, your God, has blessed you. So the question I have for you is: Do you believe you're blessed? Because when I believe I'm blessed, it's like it's not just a tithe; it's a free will offering. It's not. It's not calculated by the law. It's a free will. God, I am so blessed. I just want to, to the degree I'm blessed, is the degree I want to give. To the degree I feel like God's been good to me, I want to give over and above. This last Christmas, Julie and I, we just were sitting there getting ready for Christmas and buying all the presents. And we just looked at each other like, we are so blessed. This is crazy. we, We weren't using this term, but it was like we were saying we're blessed beyond our wildest dreams. And I remember just sitting there with Julia and Julia going like, we got to find some families to bless. Let's, let's find some people to just give to extra. We are so taken care of. How do we find people to take care of? That's living with a grateful heart. That's going just, you know what? We we don't need more. We just, God has been blessing us. God is good to us. God is, we've got, when you feel comforted, you give away comfort. When you give, when you receive encouragement, you give away encouragement. When you receive freedom, you want everybody to experience it. When you receive blessing, you want others to be blessed. My question to you is, are you thankful? Did you wake up today with the attitude of gratitude? Just going, God has been better to me than I deserve. He has been greater to me than I even imagined. I don't deserve any of it. I don't deserve the one talent or the two talent or the five talent. I don't deserve any talent. I am a wretched sinner. But God, by his grace, God, by his infinite love, I was a lost sheep and he found me. He pulled me out of a pit. He pulled me out of the miry clay. Come on, has God been good to anybody today that would say, I'm thankful? Read this with me. I love Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name for the lord is good and his love endures forever his faithfulness continues through all generations i woke up grateful today woke up thankful thank you god That you have given me what i could never earn on my own thank you god that you call me by name thank you lord that you know when i stand up and you know when i sit down you know when i go out and you know when i come in you're fully acquainted with all my ways Thank you, God, that today you know how many hairs are on my head. Thank you, God, that more than the sands of the seas, so are the thoughts of the Lord towards my life and your life today. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that the God of the universe knows my name. That the God that hung the stars last night calls me a friend. Is there anybody today that would say, I'm already blessed beyond my wildest dreams. God, you don't gotta give me another dollar. You don't gotta give me another opportunity. I already feel like I'm blessed. Come on, right there in your living room, right there in your kitchen. Come on, let's pray today. Thank you, Jesus.